Hey guys, this is Wildcat Chris Harris, TNA original and one half of six-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. You are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. TNA Wrestling, Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 181 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Gallion Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Squidley. Dallas, we are coming off of No Surrender, where the NWA world champion Raven successfully retained the championship against Abyss in a No Surrender dog collar match. Boy, was it bloody. It was violent. And it was vicious. But Raven prevails but as we knew heading into the show, and they announced during the show, that Rhino was going to be there. And he showed up at the end. And he gored, gored, gored Raven. Which would make us believe that our next pay-per-view sacrifice is likely going to be Raven and Rhino. And there's a whole lot of other stuff that happened in No Surrender, and I'm sure we'll get into it here in a minute. But Dallas, how are we feeling about Rhino officially being in TNA? Uh, I think Rhino, for about the five seconds we saw him at the end of the show, was looking pretty good here in 2005. So I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, and that being said, I'm not the hugest Rhino fan. I don't know. I just feel like Rhino is just there for me. Really? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't. I don't go. I'm not like, oh, got a Rhino match. But I feel like he's he's just kind of exists. It's like he's cool, but he's looking pretty good for the glimpse we saw of him. He is looking and, absolutely shredded. Yeah, um, I like the twist that he's kind of on Jared's side because I didn't expect that. Um, so I like that. I feel like they, you know, because they were making it seem like Jarrett was going to be facing someone, which makes you assume that they're going to come in as a baby face and fight the top heel. Right. And that was not the case. So I, I did like that little switch. I didn't expect that. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a fresh match. How often have, or if it does happen at Sacrifice, I mean, we don't get fresh NWA title matches. We haven't in a while because it's just Jarrett beating the shit out of everyone half the time. Yeah, I mean, it's a fresh matchup in TNA, but they did wrestle, uh, right. Rhino and Raven right. did wrestle in ECW and they had a memorable hardcore title match at backlash 2001 uh, some say that might be the best hardcore title match of all time uh, that match was but uh 2005 rhino we're gonna outside of tna for 2005 for the rest of 2005 and then probably 2006 as well uh rhino was on you know high demand on the indies and i think i've talked about it maybe before on here but when he worked for Jersey all pro wrestling. He was like the you know, top heel or whatever. And he had a pretty good title reign there. Um, some matches like with uh, Jay lethal and, and guys like that. So he definitely had a, uh, a presence on the indie scene that I'm sure, um, over the next several months on the indie notes that, uh, that'll be more apparent. 
But uh, I'm looking forward to having him in here. I think I kind of get what you're saying where he's just kind of there. Um, but I I always yeah. remember Rhino for his ECW stuff. Um, like when he pile drove Sandman's wife off the apron through a table. Right, and like one of his right. promos was like, I'm going to fucking break her fucking neck. And, you know, I think he's a different, in TNA, he, he still can't do this, but I think he's a different character when he's able to curse. It's like Shane Douglas, I, you know? And and I think it's, th- those are two good examples of people who, when they curse, it doesn't feel like a cheap cop-out, I feel like. Right. It, it, I feel like it actually enhances what they're doing. Yeah. Um, And actually, it, it's funny you say that because, in, I can't remember when it was. It was a year or t- maybe two ago at this point. Because Rhino's been in Impact again for a while now. But he, like, did turn heel. And, like, obviously they censored it on TV. But he was, like, swearing. And, like, it was the, like, ECW Rhino was kind of back. And it was like, dang, I was like, this is pretty good shit. And then they turned him face again. But right. uh, it was good for the time that it happened again. I can see, like, his ECW promos was a lot of, like, heavy breathing and grunting and, and like cursing or whatever, but he did eventually kind of find like a, a decent promo there. And then like WWE, he was never given like mic time or something like that to, to do anything. So yeah. Well, and as someone who did not grow up watching ECW and probably didn't see it for much later in my life, WWE Rhino is what kind of what I know. And I think sure. that's why he's kind of just there for me, which yeah, is disappointing because Good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say because you know I I caught the tail end of ECW in my fandom, so like ninety nine to two thousand one, or two thousand really. Um. But like when two guys that jumped to WWE that I thought would be unstoppable weren't unstoppable. The first one being Taz, because when I saw him in ECW, I was like, oh mm. shit, this guy can drop people on their neck, chokes them out. You know, sure he's you know, very short, but he's choking out these tall guys, whatever, you know, and he had a couple of good months in WWE, but then he just became another guy. And the other one was Rhino, because like I said, like what he would do to like Sandman's wife and like the gore was like devastating. He beat Ravi and Dam, all these guys, whatever. And then similar to Taz, probably because of his stature, he was kind of just thrown out and, and beaten a lot. So probably didn't really get a chance to, to truly shine. So it'll be interesting to see uh, initially how this goes. I don't know about being aligned with Jarrett. I don't know if I like that. Rhino doesn't really seem like the type of guy that (laughs) would would work well with someone. Um, well, maybe it's uh, similar yeah. to the Monty Brown situation where it's like he's aligning them with him and then it's like a fake thing and then they're just going to end up fighting. Yeah, but how I mean, many J- times can we do that? Well, when Jarrett feels like he's got to get a win on someone, maybe that's what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Because I kind of thought with Monty Brown that he would be using him as like a hired gun to get the belt back. And like maybe the whole idea is, you know, promising a title shot to Monty Brown and like that eventually happens. But then maybe if you do that with Rhino, you know, you could say like, I know, you know, Raven, you know, you've 
you know, yeah, sure, Jarrett's beaten Raven or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't beat him for a title. He beat him to retain one. So it could be. I just, there's a whole I just bunch of shenanigans. Of, right. No, I think that sounds good. I just thought of something that I feel like we got to see. The gore versus the pounce. Sure. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. Little no, I listen, I know it's a little different. One's more of a spear and one is literally a football tackle. But yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the same idea. It is, I mean it is. It is. You're right. Both devastating. Looking moves. I think it's gotta happen. <clears throat> and I well, and that's probably a good promotional tactic too, to be like the the gore against the pounce. I mean, we've seen like the even flow against the stroke, and those aren't really the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah, right. So Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. I'm definitely interested to see what is going to happen uh, after Brino's debut. I'm sure we will hear from him or someone associated with him or something here on this episode of Impact. So that should be good. Oh, I'd have to assume so, yeah. I would be shocked if we didn't hear from him. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, Well, Bob, I think let's get into this. Uh, We got some... We got some notes about No Surrender, as we do every time after the pay-per-view uh, from Dave Meltzer. Um, and there's actually, I don't know, there's something about this week in particular, or this after pay-per-view, I should say, where I was like, damn, this is all super interesting. So I think this is going to be a really good one. But before that, we got to do our thumbs up and thumbs down, thumbs in the middle from the Observer newsletter here. So... Uh, Bob, you and I both enjoyed the show. We gave it a thumbs up. What do you think that the readers of The Observer thought about it? I think they're going to go thumbs up. Yeah, they did. Uh, 91.9% gave it a thumbs up. Yeah. That's huge. Um, I think he's kind of got like a weird... I think it's supposed to say like 0.2 down. I don't know. He got It's like a typo and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, maybe 2% down, and then 6.1% in the middle. So regardless, the, uh, mostly everyone enjoyed the show. Um, now, obviously, we did not go through all the matches yet. We are going to talk about all of them as far as star ratings and all that go. But what do you think that the readers voted on as the best match from No Surrender? Okay, so I have the match card up here. Um, I'm going to say... Okay, would they do? Is it Saban and Joe? It is Saban and Joe by a landslide, pretty much. But there was two other matches that were listed, and that was Christopher Daniels and Petey Williams, and then in third was Raven and Abyss. Really? Wow. I thought maybe AJ and Sean would be in there, too. No, that's not in here at all, actually, which is interesting. That's weird. Because I thought that was good. Uh, what about the worst match? Maybe a little bit easier to pick out of the bunch? Uh, yeah, probably Apollo and Siagi against uh, their diamonds in the rough. That's right. It sure was. Um, and then not super far behind uh, was the three live crew versus uh, Kip James, now new name, and Monty Brown. Mm. Uh, and then third place was the opening X division match, which I think it was the opening, or maybe it was the second match. Second one, yeah. Um, Sanjay Dutt, Skipper, Bats, and Shark Boy. I don't know why, because I actually really enjoyed that one too. But... Yeah, I don't know why that would be on there either. Yeah, so kind of some some weird ones there, but I think the 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 best and the worst kind of uh, fit pretty well. Sure. 
Um, we got a couple things before we truly dive into it that kind of just the way that he flows. So I'm just going to kind of read it down like this because um, there's going to be some news. There's exciting stuff, and we'll talk about some more fun stuff during the show. But so TNA is No Surrender pay-per-view on July 17th from Orlando's Universal Studios. Turned out to be a great wrestling show, Dave Meltzer says. A rarity is a pay-per-view show with no bad matches, he even says. Uh, he says the usual full house of 775 fans saw a series of hot-paced matches with Samoa Joe and Chris Sabin, Sean Waltman, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Petey Williams, uh, and then ending the show in a bloody dog collar match featuring countless broken tables with Raven versus Abyss for the NWA title. The way he writes that up, it sounds pretty good. So, uh, While still not officially announced, Bob, it has been confirmed by several sources that the TV deal is official. Wow, Dallas, what TV deal is that? Well, it's the Spike TV deal, and it will be starting in October with a one-hour show at 11 p.m. on Saturday nights. It's official? It's official, but it's not officially announced, announced. yet. How but long sources... can they sit on that? There's no way. They are probably dying to right. be like, we're going to be on Spike. Ah! Right, and the way that it probably won't happen... On unless they added in post in the episode we're watching now, but I would assume it's good. I mean, it's gotta. Ah, you got it. Yeah, no. I can see it now. Mike Tanay sitting in an empty impact zone, being like, "We've been here for two yeah. years, and guess what, folks? We're taking over Velocity's time slot. That's right. We're gonna be on Spike TV at eleven o'clock on Saturdays. And because you guys were sticking around. That's right. I hear it now. Um, so Spike is putting the show on largely because they're being paid for the time. So unfortunately, it seems that TNA is at least what? starting to pay. Yeah. No. How? What? I don't know. And it gets even more interesting about this, too. Um, and it says those with more knowledge of the deal say it's going to be very difficult to make it work in a building, uh, building a profitable business model. Uh, Dave notes that it's a far worse deal than ECW as ECW was not buying the time. But they did have to pay for TV production costs. Now, TNA has to do both. <laughs> and has There's far... no way. I don't believe this. I don't think that they paid. I don't think so either. It's my opinion. But I don't because, know for sure. But here's, because here's the th- Okay. They're starting in October. Right now, let's just. We're not going to say specifics just in case people that don't want to be. You know, in the. You know, want to stay in the moment of 18 years ago. But let's just think of the people. That are com- that will be here, you know, when it comes October yeah. in yeah. three months. Yeah, we're about to have an explosion of shit happen in here soon. Yeah, there's no, there's no way that they are paying for TV time, and then bringing in these bigger the names. Yeah. There's just, there's no way. There's no way. I, I don't, I don't, think, that I don't. Th- I don't think so either. Um, I'm, just, I'm so I'm curious to see how this will develop as we I move th- on. But I think that I think that Dave or somebody got that information from like a a WWE source or something. And to was make saying, it sound bad. Yeah, because there's I don't there's no way. I don't. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know of a network like Spike TV being paid. For airtime fs1 i could see 
it's more it's like a regional it's thing a regional more, you know? yeah yeah it's a regional it makes more sense but yeah spike tv i mean you're looking to fill the airtime you would have to be so incredibly desperate mm-hmm. to even approach a network like that to be like hey we'll pay you right <laughs> yeah. i just for, I an, for an 11 p.m time slot on a saturday i mean i don't I don't see Jeff Jarrett, the businessman, thinking that that is a good idea. Because right. paying for FS1 at 3 p.m. is probably significantly cheaper. Because it's an afternoon time slot. Right. Compared to a, that's not prime time, but it's a late evening weekend show on a bigger network. There's no way. Right. I don't believe that. I don't think so. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it develops. But um, he goes on to say that it was believed that the announcement would be made this past week to the wrestlers, but there was some sort of contractual holdup reason that we're not aware of exactly um, that doesn't allow Spike to release the information until it comes out. So we'll see when it's officially announced. Now, there is apparently some form of a confidential confidentiality over releasing the information on both sides, although the actual announcement should be coming very soon. Uh, and he kind of uh, plays it with this a little bit more here, saying that the other negative <laughs> is that the same negative for some time, and it is clear that the promotion is going with the idea that its biggest star is Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> oh so, and he, I mean, uh. he's got fair points here. So even though he was not on the pay-per-view show in a match, right, he was presented as the biggest star, as the show long storyline was not a build for any match, but the swerve that we saw at the end we talked about, where they announced the debut of Rhino during the pregame show, with Jarrett freaking out and acting concerned, and in the end, uh, Raven after Raven had beaten Abyss in their dog collar match to keep the NWA title, Jarrett and Rhino showed up in the ring, Rhino gored Raven. None of the other wrestlers were given live interview time, and most weren't even given taped interview time. Uh, this will be... Uh, Essentially, the noose around the company's neck uh, on live television is what he says. The idea that Jarrett has the most name value of anyone, which he says in reality to casual fans, both Raven, particularly with whatever ECW residue momentum there still will be, uh, and the likely arriving. We heard talked about the rumor, um, what, two episodes ago, the rumor that the Dudley boys could potentially be coming, which Dave says is likely. Mm-hmm. Um so he should be the focal point. Uh, so basically he's saying that the it's dated to that Jarrett's the focal point, essentially, right? I think that's, yeah, I think that it's ridiculous to say that. And the first guy that entered my mind was Raven, and not even just for ECW, but he was popular in WCW too. Right. And he was obviously in WCW during their peak run of summer of 97, and he was there through... August of 99 and he went back to ECW, but yeah, casual fans are going to know who Raven is. Jeff Jarrett is not a, a draw. He's just not, I like, here's the thing. And I like Jeff Jarrett. I like, I liked the slap nuts version of Jeff Jarrett. I like Jarrett too. But if you're looking at a, at casual fans, that's not just, it's not Jeff Jarrett. What they should be doing, even if it's not even true, but what they should be doing is if you're looking at who our top, our top stars are, you should be focusing on your AJ Styles, 
Mm-hmm. Probably Samoa Joe now. Uh, Chris Saban. You know, Abyss. Yeah, absolutely. A younger core of guys. Even even if they're not to that point yet, which I think AJ could could be, if you just do yeah. it right. Um, yeah. But you got to have that mentality of like, these guys are our top guys, treat them as such, present them as such. And guess what? They will become that. It's just like with WWE. How many times in throughout the years have they pushed like, like Jack Swagger, right? He was a mid card guy. No doubt about it. He mm-hmm. wins money in the bank or whatever. And he becomes champion. And at first you're just like, you know, really? I don't whatever. And then over the course of time, it, it's because they force it down your throat, but they also present them a certain type of way. You're kind of like, oh, okay, this guy's a champion. Yeah, Jinder Mahal, it, like but... same I, kind of idea. Like he was champion for a while, but it was like, what, really, this guy? And then he did it, and he beat Orton like three times. And it's like, okay, like well, okay, yeah, I guess, guess he can I, win. Like, yeah, I guess he's believable. Yeah, I mean that's that's just what you have to do. But like AJ Styles, <clears throat> being a champion for a month. And sure, he lost it in King of the Mountain and wasn't directly pinned or whatever. So I guess there's a level of protection there. But, you know, you're you're not really presenting these guys in a manner that could elevate them. And I'm sure that part of that is Jeff Jarrett being like, mm-hmm. no, 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 I'm the, st- I'm the star. I'm, I'm the guy that this show's got to be based around. And he has said on his podcast, he was, he was like, you know, it's because I'm the only one that I can trust that I'll be the only one that will be here tomorrow because at a time they weren't, they didn't have contracts now at this point, obviously do, but the time that he was referencing, they didn't have one or two year contracts. You know, they're working on handshake deals. So that era, I totally understand, but now we're at a different time where you gotta, you gotta get these other guys over and have them run the company, you know, run the, the television portion of your, of your thing. And look, and look at Rhino. The guy was just on WWE television. Right. You know, he was just at one night stand. So he may be on the same level of Jarrett in terms of like yeah, casual argue that. and, you know, ECW rub and everything. So I don't know. I do think that. Yeah. I think Rhino's going to be a good get though. And especially putting someone right into the main event picture that we, I feel like have been lacking on for a while. I think that it's going to be a positive. I agree. And I think, you know, a guy like Rhino who may not be a good promo without cursing, but you know, this will just enter my mind. What if they, if they did like a, a darker, um, faction with uh, Abyss and Rhino and Mitchell. I think that could totally work. And then maybe you could add a couple other guys or whatever, but like crowbar, I, I, I would totally bring crowbar back. And put him oh, yeah. in there, or like in Slash or something, you know, and have like a foursome of like Mitchell's little army of guys. It could be like a new, uh, a new, new church in a way. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. I think I could totally work. I like that idea. Write that down for your your uh, fantasy book of TNA. Maybe I already did. Oh, that's why he said it. Lex Levette too. Remember they wanted to push him for. Oh yes, Lex Levette. Yeah, that's right. And then then he retired, and then he was like, "No, I'm just not doing indies on the weekend." Right. Yeah. So he's not actually. Right. I'll he's work probably Tuesday. still. He's still retired today, probably. Yeah. Just on the weekend. They'll work Tuesday taping, so don't you worry. Right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. 
Um, okay, let's get into uh, the show notes, and then I got a few other quick things, and then we'll get into the show. And we got some more to talk about during the show. So it's going to be a good episode, and some of these notes in particular I think are really fun, including this beginning one, because this bad we would have absolutely never known if I did not read this. Uh, so David Sahadi did a video early in the show, which we saw, the intro, where things were playing backwards, right? Remember how it was, right. uh, and it was like the water was in reverse, and then there was like blah, 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 blah and it was like all the words, everything. Yeah. Well, we know what that they said now what they were saying backwards and i think this is going to blow your mind god okay so it said things such as rhino is coming to tna tna is coming to spike tv in october what someone will get gored tonight and the and lastly vince fears jeff jarrett so that stuff was what was playing in reverse in the beginning of the show wow so That's they announced crazy. the Spike TV thing then. Yeah, I mean, technically they did. They did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, wow. Dave says that the first three are funny. Um, and when they get on television, they should knock WWE in ways to point out their superiority, um, like their tag team division, pay-per-view shows, and young talent. But he says that this type of stuff only makes the company come across as diluted at this point. So the, specifically, he doesn't like the Vince Fears, Jeff Jarrett line. Well, that's uh, which is which is fair. It's uh, like a, the other it's stuff. Like, yeah, it's dude. like a hacky comedian, you know, doing stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A billion so dollar corporation is afraid of TNA. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He says past that point, it was a hell of a show. He says our response was down probably about six percent from last month's show for the first pay per view with no television promotion whatsoever, aside from of course the Sun Sports markets, like where the version we are watching that was on its syndication. Now, at this stage of the game, uh, holding that close uh, to even be, sorry, let me, blow up. holding that close to even has to be considered a big success. It shows that they gain at least a small amount of loyal fans uh, based on the track record of the usually top level pay-per-view events. So only dropping 6% without having any TV, it's, that's pretty good. Well, and that's just a response for his newsletter. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Um, so he says how it opened up here with the pregame show angle where Jarrett and Mike Tanay got into the ring. Uh, confrontation. Now, we only saw a very brief clip of this. Uh, this was on the pre-show that we did not watch. Uh, Jarrett talked about all the cuts in WWE and claimed that there were 50 guys who had been cut of late as if the real number doesn't make the point. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot, but not 50. Um, he said that TNA would be hiring a lot of them. And in doing so, the people who built the company would be losing their jobs. And he said he would be the first person fired. <laughs> He's <laughs> this is so funny. He tried to get heat by saying that the fans were stupid. They believed Matt Hardy that the Matt Hardy storyline was real. Um, he says that's a smart thing to say before a show filled with storylines that are all less real. He's talking about how on um, the whole raw angle and stuff because right. he came back. Uh, which we will talk. We're going to talk about Matt Hardy. I, I I missed a note in my previous read, but as we were uh, right before we started here, there's a note that is like, it, we'll get to it. It's about Matt so, Hardy. It's it's pretty crazy. In Jared's promo, he's trying to say that the Matt Hardy edge thing is not real. 
Yeah, he's. I think he's trying to, like, the whole, like, Matt Hardy was fired thing and now he's back. I feel like that's the part he's probably alluding to. Oh, okay, so he's trying to say that he was, like, he was never fired. I think that's kind of what he's getting at. Okay. Could so that be a level of bitterness because he couldn't get yes. Hardy in there? Yeah. Yes, it 1,000% is. That's definitely what that is, dude. That is absolutely what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, he was on to say here that the funny thing was TNA never approved uh, of Hardy appearing at the show, but there was legit concern that he might sneak on. I don't know what that is supposed to be alluding to, um, besides potentially part of the note that we will talk about in a little bit, but we'll get there. Uh, Jared asked Tanae if Rhino was, was there, and Tanae said he was. As noted last week, the original idea was for Rhino's run-in to be a surprise. But when Rhino went on the radio, he said he was coming, so they figured to use the name as a last-minute tease. So that's where all the, that wall lead-up is. Now, into matches. The dark match. Shocker pinned Jarrell Clark. Four minutes, 16 seconds of the pre-show match. Shocker won after a superplex in his cradle hold called the Shocker Spear. It was okay. That's what he said. It was okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Chris Harrison, James Storm beat Alex Shelley and Michael Shane in 11 minutes, 47 seconds. They were brawling in the back and Storm threw uh, Shelley off the ramp into a wall. Storm, it's not, it's, I thought it was Harris that, it was Harris that dove off. Wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, he made a typo here. So Harris dove off the ramp with a body block. And which it looked like on TV that he missed it, which we commented on quite a bit, that he essentially overjumped Shelly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy ended up kind of getting involved here. She threw one of her shoes to Shane. He used it on Harris for a near fall. She threw her other shoe in the ring for Shelly, but Shelly was nailed by a super kick by Storm. Uh, after the match, Shane super kicked Storm, and then he kind of ran away. Now, on most shows, this would be considered a very good opener. But given the level of expectations that you would have based on these four wrestlers on prior pay-per-views, this was a slight disappointment, he says. And he gives this one two and three-quarter stars. I mean, that's all right. Yeah. That's not uh, bad. Sanjay Dutt. No, not. And I don't think it was bad, but I, I see what he's where he's coming from. But I do think, in a way, it's like America's Most Wanted kind of... They almost did too good for themselves for so long that you sure. expect like a crazy pay-per-view match from them. And I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but I see where he's coming from. Yeah. And I, you know, I know that we've uh, in the notes that they've been saying <clears throat> that AMW may be turning heel mm-hmm. at some point. And I think that would, that would freshen them up quite a bit at this point. And then also they would probably work a different type of match than their yeah. typical babyface stuff. So I'm but yeah, it was not a bad day. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, he won the Four Corners match over Mike Bailey, Shark Boy, and Elix Kipper to earn uh, Not his Mike weight. Bailey, Mikey Bats. Sorry, sorry. Mikey, I'm reading fast, and I've got Mike Bailey on my mind. Mikey Bats, Shark Boy, and Elix Kipper. But damn, do I wish Mike Bailey was here. Yeah. Uh, so he won to uh, go into the Super X Cup tournament, which is starting on today's show. Uh, he won that in six, or sorry, eight minutes, 16 seconds when Dutt pinned Bats. After the Hindu press. He says this was the usual fast-paced spot after spot style. Match itself was largely good, although not at the level of most TNA matches of this type on pay-per-view. Still, as a fan, I'm so burned on multiple man matches on TNA shows because they overdo it. Uh, That's by Dave. That's what he says. Uh, The crowd was very into this match, particularly at the end. Three stars. 
I can see what he means by the multi-man stuff. But when you have limited TV time, you got to kind of throw yeah. so many guys yeah. out there. I agree. Okay, so Apollo and Sonny Zaki beat Simon Diamond and David Young in five minutes, 43 seconds. Now, this came off as a filler, which I think we both kind of agreed with. Sure. But it was a lot better than it looked on paper, which I think I'd agree with that, too. Uh, the idea this would get worse match votes only shows how or, or, only shows both how good the show really was, or perhaps people prejudging because it was fast and had no names being pushed. Uh, so before the match, Simon Diamond cut a promo saying that he's starting a new group called Diamonds in the Rough, which are guys with the ability but that aren't winning. He basically says it sounds like the old job squad gimmick. Um, David Young mm-hmm. replaced Triton Ryan Wilson, who listen to this, Bob. Contract has expired. He wanted a raise, and that wasn't happening right now, with the mentality that they are freezing costs until at least October. So that's why he's gone. He wanted um, a raise. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I, he was on TV like four times, but okay. Anyway, uh, he, D- Dave Meltzer, this is pretty interesting, and we kind of mentioned this name before, but he says it opens the door for Matt Morgan who he says is worlds better than Triton in every way, aside from wrestling in the ring where he's only miles better. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Dave Meltzer quote there for you. Uh, but the, interesting, interesting. Uh, the finish saw David Young do a spine buster on Siaki, but Apollo was the legal man. The ref noted to Young that Siaki wasn't legal. He turned around and Apollo got Young up on, uh, Young up on his shoulders and delivered a Hercules cutter for the pin two and a quarter star. Wow, uh, okay. Matt and Matt Morgan. That would be. I'm not a big Matt Morgan fan, but that could. Oh, see, there. In the later TNA, I was starting to get into Matt Morgan. Get out I of here! Lie. I think I was starting to get into him. Like when? Well, like when he's. I don't know what year is it when he comes in. Actually, he comes in. Because spoiler, he's not coming in yet. No, he's not. But he doesn't. I think come in until. 2007? He's there that early? Yeah. He's there when Cornette's oh. there. Whoa. Did not even realize that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm talking like Hogan era. You liked him during the Hogan era? I think I did. I'm pretty sure Oh, I did. my God. No- I think I did. There's no way, dude. No fucking <laughs> Maybe way. Maybe I got to rewatch it. No, don't. If you liked them, don't no, rewatch it because then you'll hate them. Okay, okay. Okay, no sounds way. good. Keep, keep the positive memories. Okay, sounds good. Holy shit. <laughs> next oh, next up. Logan era, I think I was liking them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been... I've been reviewing... Or, not recently, but I was reviewing those Hogan ones and he was one of the worst fucking oh, people man. to watch on that. The Hogan era got my my friend back into wrestling. Can you believe that? Is he in jail now? No. You gotta be some sort of crazy if that brings you back. That brought him back, dude. What? How? I I was like, I got some good shit I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you the good TNA stuff. I told him, I told him, get a hard drive, I'll hook you up. With a password, and... Anyway. Samoa Joe, uh... His, uh, you know, he's doing great here. He beat Chris Saban in 14 minutes and four seconds. Excellent bout, bout for both men. The story was that Joe uh, just kept beating on Saban and would give him just enough to keep him alive. 
Joe destroyed him with a stiff knee in the corner. Saban's first big comeback started with a springboard drop kick, sending Joe to the apron. He talks about all the other great spots in the match. Saban used an insiguri. Went to the top. Joe swept his leg, and Saban was crotched. Joe used a muscle buster off the top and fouled with the rear naked choke, the coquina clutch. Uh, this was the kind of match that was not just excellent, but really makes both guys. He gives this one four and a quarter stars. So pretty high I think, rating. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. Highly recommend I'm, that. I'm telling you, a guy like Samoa Joe being in this company. You can already just, tell, though, how good it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has like a level of believability with everything that he does. Everything that he does to people looks like it fucking hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, really good stuff. Yeah, he's there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a must-watch guy for like years to come. And there's no yeah. doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. And we're seeing the beginning of it and it's already good. He's had yeah. like 3 right. matches. Uh, next like Saban up, really being like Saban being like the first real like challenger. I, I mean, realistically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And Saban's good as fuck, so you knew that you, we we knew that match was going to be good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Uh, next up, Team Canada's Eric Young and Bobby Roode and A One defeated oh, the Naturals. You can't, you can't forget A One. That's right. Defeated the Naturals and Lance Hoyt in 14 minutes and 40 seconds. He says this was a sleeper of a match as Hoyt is starting to get the confidence you need with the crowd liking him so much. So much of wrestling uh, success is mental, and who would who would have known that hanging out with people at the Owl House and having them chant your name <laughs> since everything is done from the same arena could make you a star. That's funny. This is my, fa- this is my favorite shit. Like, I'm, and I'm not knocking it, by the way. I think it's yeah. awesome. But I also think it's hilarious the way that they keep writing about it in The Observer. <laughs> Yeah, well, Um, somebody's saying that to Dave. Yeah. Um, After some good and good, fast action, Rude grabbed the megaphone that Jimmy Hart left behind because, remember, he was kicked out of ringside because he was caught holding the flag and he Mm -hmm. didn't use it. But um, he hit both Douglas and Stevens with it. Uh, Young pinned Douglas. They didn't bring this up, but one would think this would be a tease where Hart left the megaphone there on purpose and it was a swerve. Ooh. Uh, three and a half stars. Why would it be? I don't sport? believe. Because he's, he's going to join Team Canada. Is Jimmy Canadian? Oh. Is he actually Canadian? I don't think he is. I don't know either, but I'm typing it in right now. But that would be a really good, like. No, he's American. Damn it. So I don't think. Ooh, that would have been a really good twist. But they could do the same thing as they did with Jim Duggan. Where he's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding right. now. Right. Which America makes funny. me sick. I'm Canadian. Yeah, I like that. Uh, next up, Kip James. Well, and, and it's, we, can't uh, for, we can't forget here, the Naturals are the tag team champions. That's correct. That is a good point to bring up. Right. Definitely. So if so Team, team Canada, Canada definitely doesn't, doesn't they got to be getting a tag team title shot here in a minute. Yeah, I would, I would so. assume. Uh, yeah, so Kip James, it's the Outlaws' new name because of lawsuits. Uh, him and Monty Brown, oh, and he explained to us, by the way, in case you guys have missed some recent episodes, that it's he he's the brother of BG James now, honorary brother um, that Bullet Bob gave. Anyway, it's yeah, didn't, like, funny. Yeah, he say, like, Bullet Bob considered him a son, so, like, he's going to go by yeah, Kip so James now? As, like, a 
a play off of BG James. Right. It's good. It's good stuff. I like it. I think it actually makes me like the name even more than I did before. I don't think I, think I, I don't think I realized that was the context. I mean, obviously I knew it was like a brother thing, but I didn't, I don't think I realized that he ever said because your father always considered me like a son. So I'm Kip yeah, James. I now. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, so Kip and Monty Brown defeated Conan and Ron Killings in a no DQ street fight in five minutes, 25 seconds. He says, like last, last month, this was more of an angle than a match, but it was better than the last month one. Um, and then we're going to skip forward here. And it says that, you know, uh, Brown pinned Killings after the pounce when Rudy Charles recovered enough to count the fall. BG James was on the ramp and watched. He says, it's funny because Three Life Crew was such an overact that the original idea was to not break them up and just tease the New Age Outlaw reunion. However, their crowd is so hot to see the Outlaw reunion that I'm thinking they almost have to do it. And the thing is, they have to stall it because it would have it would be insane to do it before November because you need a few weeks to get the storyline over on TV before doing it. So he's saying mm. that we should be expecting a long holding pattern and like we're potentially waiting till October to wrap this storyline up. I have no idea how they could do that, but that's what Dave is thinking. Um, that's a really, that is a very good point because probably with a spike deal, you're going to be getting a different, not a different, but also part like a new audience. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be coming in cold and you don't want to have storylines that are already wrapped up. Right. But I mean, that's what video packages are for. Right. So you could educate them that way. But yeah. if you want like the pop of a reunion, I guess you would want to wait on that. But you're, but then you're right too. That's, that's four months away. If you're looking that's for a long November. time, dude. We have we've been do doing this since March. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we can make it go that long. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Kip James ended up calling Road Dog, or sorry, he says Road BG James to the ring while the crowd chanted New Age Outlaws like crazy. He told BG to hit killings with a chair. Uh, he acted like he was going to do it, and then he stopped, threw down the chair, and left. For having compassion uh, for the man, the crowd was cheering wildly 90 seconds earlier. They booed BG for not giving him them the reunion. Uh, he ended up giving that match two stars. <laughs> uh, next up, we got AJ Styles defeating Sean Waltman in 14 minutes, 34 seconds. This was Waltman's best performance in years. Jerry Lynn was the ref, and at the end of the day, uh, the tease of Wow, what side he'd be on? Well, he called it down the middle. <laughs> so he wasn't on anyone's side. Uh, Styles missed the spiral tap, and Waltman delivered his X Factor, but Styles kicked out. Waltman then put Styles' ankle in a chair, went to the top to do the Pillman, the Pillmanizer, the Pillman Austin spot. Uh, but Lynn got in the way and pulled the chair away. Uh, Waltman and Lynn argued. Styles then went for the sunset flip. Waltman countered by holding the ropes to keep from going over. But Lynn kicked his hands off, and Waltman fell backwards into the Styles Clash for the pin. He gives this one four stars. Well, I agree that it's Waltman's best performance in a while, probably. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. Uh, was, next up... It was a good match. No, I liked it too, definitely. Next up was the X Division title match. Christopher Daniels retained by defeating Petey Williams in 16 minutes, 20 seconds. What was interesting about this match is the psychology saw both men, who are usually heels, work as subtle heels, while the crowd cheered for them both. <laughs> so, 
Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, Samoa Joe is watching the match during the ramp to show that he's an X Division guy and that he wants the title. Which is just another funny thing. They're like, ah, we got to show that he's an X Division guy. Have him watch the match. It's pretty good. Uh, Williams got a near fall with a crucifix uh, at some point here in the match, but the final was A1 throwing Williams a chair, but when Daniel saw it, he pulled out a chain. Of, sorry, he threw him a chain, not a chair. And then Daniel saw it, and he pulled out his own chain, which I thought was very interesting, because how did he know when they both never generally have chains on them? Yeah, but, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so, But he, he beat Williams to the punch, and he hit the best moonsault ever for the pin. Three and three-quarter stars. So pretty, uh, pretty good. And then finally, in the main event, Raven pinned Abyss in 19 minutes and one second in a no DQ, or is it really called a no surrender dog collar match to keep the NWA title? There was no way they were going to have a wrestling match to follow the previous efforts. So this was just a garbage match, is what Dave says. But he says the upside is the crowd was into it, and it was a well worked garbage match. She's quite, and now, um, I didn't highlight it here, but one of the better spots, I think, is that he stapled a $10 bill to Abyss's forehead, and it stayed on the entire match. Right. So uh, and he, blood. Yeah, and he actually, it's, I'm looking again here, and he makes note to this about the, he says, this is really so unnecessary because the fake staple spots got over just as big. <laughs> so he's basically like, well, the fact that he actually stapled them was kind of not really needed. But we, I think, discussed on the show, I think it was in his mask, not into his actual head. So I think they used some trickery on us there. That's what I, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I absolutely and agree. if so, I think it's wicked smart to yeah. show. I think once in a while, if you do it, you're like, then then the next time you see a staple gun, you're like, he did literally just staple something to the dude's head last month. Like, right. It only takes one time for it to be believable. That's what I mean. That's what I think, too. Yeah. And um, another, and what makes that match even probably like better is that there weren't numerous garbage matches, quote unquote. There was the, like right. that no DQ match or whatever, but that was not heavy on weapons and blood. And, right. And, and I, I, I take the way he's using garbage here as more of a compliment than a insult. He's just saying like a hardcore match. Yeah. Because there was just a bunch of gimmicks and blood and tables and yeah. all that stuff. I get it. Thumbtacks, which we're going to talk about. Um, during the match, though, Cassidy Riley uh, ran in essentially as like Raven's new lackey. He was wearing right. a Raven shirt and jean shorts, the the boots with the socks, dude, everything. Um, except he got through through a table very quickly. So it didn't really help much. Um, Raven then powerbombed Abyss onto Thumbtacks for a near fall. Abyss came back with a black hole slam for a near fall. Finally, Raven hit the even flow, the uh, Raven effect DDT on the thumbtacks, and got the pin. Um, and Raven went in him before, and Raven got his shirt ripped off, all sorts of fun stuff. Now, Abyss had thumbtacks sticking into his back and even his hand. Raven had some sticking into his arm. Uh, Jarrett came out, confronted Raven. He then told Raven to turn around, and Rhino gored him to end the show. He said, this match isn't everyone's cup of tea, but it worked well for what it was in the crowd after seeing so many great wrestling matches, got off on it. He gives this three and a half stars. And I think that's a fair point. You see so many bangers. First off, you're into those, right? We're loving it. And then you see a crazy hardcore match at the end. Also into that. So I think it's a good blend there. Um, So that pretty much covers our uh, No Surrender chatter here. Um, Pretty pretty good stuff here. 
Uh, it was a good show. I'm looking forward to the next one. But um, before we get into the show, Bob, I want to talk really quick about, I, think, I believe it's about a couple names here. Uh, we've been hearing these rumors and all this stuff, and then we just heard that Triton, unfortunately, could not get the raise, and, well, he was kind of let go, right? Um, and this kind of plays off of that. So it's noted here, don't expect much in the way of additions to the roster until the company gets television. There may be one or two, but there's a major pressure to not increase spending for any reason. Nobody's getting raises until uh, when contracts come due until October at the earliest. Uh, the timing of the WWE releases works out good in that the 90-day non-compete would run out on October 7th. I don't know how this happens with TNA all the time. I feel like fucking non-competes always end before they have a big show or like yeah. something big happens. Like even today, it still always happens. It's wild. Um, now, which presumably would be the time that TNA would start TV deal um, when it's officially uh, happening, right? Uh, the best thing to do would not to debut all the talent. However, uh, many they bring in at the first taping available, but to spread them out for maybe one new act every week or so coming in so that they'll have some impact. The thing is, uh, come October, between the huge increase in spending of doing twice as many tapings and the cost of buying the time, presumably an hour on Spike that follows UFC would be far more expensive than a 3 p.m. on a Friday's on FSN, which, Bob, you just mentioned earlier. Um, they will have a major increase in expenses. Uh, if they add some of the former WWE talent, that will also increase the payroll. And he brings up the Dudleys as a, a good example here. He's thinking that they would come in potentially as about $1,500 a piece minimum, and that they'll probably want more than that. He says that rumors that they're going to be charging uh, $2,500 a piece for indie appearances, although he's not sure. Um, but he does mention that Shannon Moore may be brought in before TV starts because he's a friend with Jeff Jarrett. So it's an interesting way to look at that. Uh, the two key things by the end of the year that have to happen for the company to survive are a noticeable upturn in buy rates, and more importantly, the ratings on Spike have to be competitive. Now, clearly, the only reason Panda has continued this project after what is probably closing in on $24 million in losses is because of the potential light at the end of the tunnel. The dangling carrot seems to be that if the Saturday ratings are strong, and he doesn't know what con constitutes a strong, uh, Spike may see them as more of a paid program and push to give them a better time slot. So we'll uh, we'll see how this develops. Um, I'm not sure I'm buying the paying for time either yet, um, but I think it's all super interesting, and I am uh, pretty curious if they're if they are paying for time. It has to be very short lived. There's just no way. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Like I can't wrap my head think. around that. No. I don't think so either. Um, but, Bob, that is what I got before we get into the show. There was a lot. A lot of good shit, though. I think this was one of the be one of the better, like, in-depth pay-per-view stuff. I, I Dude, the freaking... When I first read the reverse talking in the beginning, I was like, this is going to be a good show to talk about. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have some other fun stuff, including that Matt Hardy thing I was teasing is really interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that during the show. All right. Well, let's get into the July 22nd, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. If you guys want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus. Or if it's in your own personal collection, 
that should work as well. The approximate runtime for this is 45 minutes and 31 seconds. I want to count down from three, and when I say play, that is when we are going to watch the show. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. We're still the new face of professional wrestling, guys. We're going to see some stills, I'm sure, right? This past yeah. Sunday, no surrender. Here we go. Jeff Jarrett, who wasn't even scheduled. He was trying to convince the world and even Team Canada and Monty Brown, these were backstage promos, that their jobs could be on the line. Yeah, I forgot that this was Raven's first defense. It's a big one. There's a stapler. Interesting note. So remember, on FSN, we couldn't show blood. They're not on FSN anymore. <laughs> We're right. seeing blood in the pictures. Uh, what is still a rhino hitting the gore? Ah, oh, there you go. That's a good one. He has never been that shredded in his life. He is looking Dude, really wicked shredded. And now, from stage 21... It's total non-stop action wrestling impact. And we have the same shitty song still. God, guys, if, if we're on Spike, though, I'm telling you we're going to get a new one. That's going to be so be. good. Get ready. Get ready. A couple months left. Oh, I don't have a crowd number. Uh, but we did tape four weeks again. <laughs> So it's another one of those giant blocks of taping. And I think that's kind of going to be the trend um, for a little bit here. Yeah, I've got it. Here comes David Young. Speaking of shredded. We're starting off with one of Simon Diamonds. Diamonds in the rough. Now, you notice that he said one of. Will we learn more? Oh. Who's he fighting? Oh, Lance, Lance Hoyt. Hoyt. Friend of the show, Lance Hoyt. Our drinking buddy. I mean, I'd drink alcohol, but I'd hang out with him. I'd have a Sprite. I'd have a Sprite. I could be like, hey, your ring name is my real name. He's not Dallas. Yeah, you know, like, not anymore. He's Lance Hoyt. Dude, David Young is going right after him. Out of the ring. He didn't even let him get in the ring. Well, there's our sacrifice logo, Bob. August 14th, right at the bottom of the screen. I wonder if that design is, like, a, a signal for somebody. Oh. Uh, speaking of that, I was kind of waiting till we got into this to discuss as... We saw a couple flapjacks here, and Lance Hoyt is kicking ass now. Wait! Oh, never mind. I'll ask you in a minute. Abyss just attacked Lance Hoyt from behind. Crazy. James Mitchell's with him. They rang the bell. So this is a no contest. Why wouldn't David... If I, if I was David Young, I would have just left. 
Oh, shock treatment. Don West tried to say the name, and Mike today goes, oh, the backbreaker. Black hole slammed to Hoyt. He's pissed because he didn't win the title. We're not even four minutes in, and James Mitchell, why is he wearing his lame? This is his, like, lame TV outfit. Yeah. He's got a microphone. TNA, listen up. But you have just witnessed is a foreshadowing of things to come. Not only is Abyss a monster, he's a weapon of mass destruction. And he holds the detonator. I kind of like that. And prepare yourself for further explosions. Wow. That's how you kick off Impact, man. Super X Cup kicking us off next. Um, so what I was going to ask you. We're hearing the rumors of Shannon Moore. How do you feel about Shannon Moore? Um, he's like, he's uh, all, he's all right, I guess. Um, I don't know. Look at this. Sorry, pause real quick. Bring in. Matt Bentley, it says. Oh. We, just, we just saw the bracket and it said Matt Bentley. Guys, this is not a DVD. Right. This is TV. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're holding off on costs, I don't care if he's one of my good friends, I'm probably not going to bring him in at this point. I mean, yeah, that's probably here comes Samoa Joe who's undefeated. They're reminding us. So, oh, and Christopher Daniels with Mike Tanay down West, by the way, the graphic that we just saw for the X cup was not good. It was a really awful looking graphic, but we did see the entire, um, tournament breakdown which I missed most of. I just saw Matt Bentley. Daniels being on commentary. They are really, I think, driving home that we're getting Daniels, Joe. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is a rematch from Slammiversary. Oh, interesting. I can guess what the ending's going to be then. Yeah, Sanjay Dutt's probably going to get his win back, right? Yes. I think you're right. Got to do that 50-50 booking. Yeah. Will Dutt be able to beat the Samoan Submission Machine? Probably not, because he looks like he's about to freaking pounce on him as soon as that bell rings. There it goes. Okay, he didn't run. He looked like he was about to literally run at him, and he didn't. But Dutt's going for some kicks, though. A couple chops. And here, since I have... I have a, a picture just as a quick uh, reference point to the matches that we missed. So, Bob, upcoming Dutt and Samoa Joe. We will see Shocker versus Alex Shelley, Matt Bentley and AJ Styles, and Petey Williams and Chris Sabin. That, we already know, is going to be a good one right away. So those are some pretty good opening round matches that we're going to be seeing here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think they've all wrestled each other. Yeah. So they're all pretty familiar. <laughs> oh. We come back from commercial and just, holy shit, Samoa Joe with a fucking flying elbow tope through the ropes. Yeah, Dutt had been working over his knee, and then we come back from commercial, and Joe's like, my knee's fine, but here's a forearm right to your face through the middle rope. Daniel's saying that Joe is a newcomer here still, so we haven't seen everything he can do yet. 
Well, Daniels knows what he can do from Ring of Honor. I think that's kind of why he was hitting that. He's only 26 here? Holy crap. That's pretty crazy. Irish whips Dutt into the corner. Hits a high knee. About to give him a little face wash. Oh, I actually have a note about Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe was asked his reasons for coming here and turning down the WWE offer. He said he wanted to make it clear that he was flattered by WWE taking interest in him and had nothing to do, nothing bad uh, to say about them or what they do. He just said that going there isn't what he wanted to do. He said he wanted to work a viable alternative and do the kind of matches he wanted rather than fit into the WWE style. So pretty respectable. Yeah, I have uh, uh, I have one indie note for Joe. Back on July 16th, he retained the Ring of Honor Pure Championship when he defeated Jimmy Rave at Ring of Honor's mm. Fate of an Angel. An angel. Woodbridge, Woodbridge, Connecticut. And if you're wondering, and I'll say this because Christopher Daniels is on commentary, so this applies. On that same show, Matt Hardy defeated Christopher Daniels. In 20 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, okay, so it's interesting you say that. I I was I was hoping that was going to come up here soon as Joe just hit Dutt with a back elbow. Uh, I'm scrolling to find my... I have kind of a know about that that I wasn't sure if I was going to say or not. I was waiting to hear if you had something to say about it. But let me find it here. Okay. Remind me the uh, the date of that show you just read again? July 16th. 16th, Okay. So they on I believe it's on the same show. I could be wrong. Is this the same show where uh, Sam Punk fight fought Gibson? Yes. Okay. Um, because he beat him, and then Punk said that he was leaving the promotion for good. Christopher Daniels came out. He KO'd Punk with a belt shot, and then left with the belt. He said that if Punk ever wanted to see his belt again, he'll have to come back and get it. And apparently there was a plan for CM Punk and Daniels to have a match on July 23rd in Philadelphia. Um, and then they note the Matt Hardy-Daniels match. Crowd was split. As people were happy to see Daniels, but uh, probably 60% pro-Daniels, but nobody wanted to boo Hardy. Uh, Dave noted that it was an excellent match. There was concern considering Hardy's layoff and how long it's been since he's been in the position to work. Blah, 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 blah. Um, now, because it was technically a WWE versus TNA guy on an ROH show, okay, mm-hmm. so Matt Hardy signed again, Daniels is in TNA, there was a lot of political implications, worse because it was a TNA champion. TNA office did approve Daniels losing uh, because it was outside interference and his not tapping. Uh, fans were apparently very mad that Daniels lost uh, with the idea that Hardy's going to WWE and Daniels is staying with the promotion and challenging for the title, that he should have... that. Hardy should have been the one to lose, but Hardy still got a great ovation when it was all over. So pretty interesting. Yeah. What a surprise Matt Hardy not doing jobs on the Indies even in 2005. <laughs> well, and I guess since we're talking about Matt Hardy, let me give it to you. This, this Samoa Joe match is still going on, so Dutt's putting up a good fight. Goes for a cover. Kick out a two, though, after back suplex. Uh, WWE apparently did give 
Matt Hardy permission to go to the No Surrender pay-per-view. What? Uh, if he wanted to. Uh, it is believed that TNA turned it down, feeling that there was no upside for them aside from a one-show pop. TNA posted the following on their website on Sunday. Quote, Oh, you know why? Because that would have helped their angle. WWE's angle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, springboard dropkick. Takes down Samoa Joe. Hold on, I'll read the quote in a second. This is getting hot. Springboard, Hurricane Rana. Nice. Samoa Joe's go to the floor. We're about to see a dive by Sanjay. No, baseball slide. Dude, this is heating up here. Here we go. Big dive. Oh, man. Nice. Okay. Quote, this is the website on Sunday. TNA's website. On Sunday morning, it was reported across the internet that WWE star Matt Hardy would be appearing at tonight's No Surrender pay-per-view. TNA Wrestling would like to officially address this rumor as totally false. In an effort to further his own agenda... Uh, Hardy told several people last night that he would be traveling to Orlando for no surrender. TNA Wrestling would like to let our fans know that this is not the case and that he will not be appearing. Uh, Jerry McDivitt would argue that uh, this is unquote, sorry, quote end. Jerry McDivitt would argue that wrestling fans would read this and assume that it meant he would be there. Um, and he may have a point because uh, that's how some fans did actually read it. And that, I believe, is why Jarrett ended up making this thing that says, mm-hmm. You guys thought it was real. You thought Matt Hardy was coming because he said he was. <laughs> right. And apparently he got permission to do it. Right. Pretty, no, pretty I mean, interesting, man. Yeah. I mean, that w- it would have been pretty cool. I think Oh, nice snap power slam by Joe. Uh, I think it would have been. It would have added to the Hardy edge storyline if he showed up in a. In it, TNA. And arguably a more legitimate com- competition to WWE. Right. I mean, they now, were on TV. Well, they're not on TV right now, but you know if, what I mean. Yeah, if I would, but if I was, uh, if I was WWE, I would have used the Ring of Honor footage with uh, Daniels. Yeah. That yeah, probably but, looked too minor league for him, though. Right, and then I don't know if you could, sh- I don't know if you could technically show Daniels. And then Daniels, right. Because he's a TNA guy, so... Looks like uh, Samoa Joe's about to hit the muscle buster here. Yeah, he's definitely going to hit it. Oh, wait. That's okay. He didn't let him get it in. Well, I still think it's sort of funny as Dutt bites Samoa Joe. Um, I think it's funny that they didn't want a one-show pop because uh, I kind of think that's something they don't really care about after a while. I feel like they do that all the time. That's what I mean. What's that FTF? Hi, Samoa Joe. Look at the tongue. Did you just see that? Yeah. I don't know. I thought, I don't know if I would have cared if it was a one. If he just like came out for like a quick little thing, that would have been kind of fun. Oh, he just countered to the choke. That's... Coquina clutch. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Dut taps. Pretty, actually, a lot more competitive than I expected. Yeah, and Sanjay avoiding the muscle buster. That's a first. Samoa Joe moves on in the Super X Cup. Do you like Samoa Joe's necklace? Uh, yeah, I do. It's like giant beads. Yeah. Um, I have that necklace. I used to wear it when I was in high school. Uh, not because of Samoa anymore? Joe. Not because of Samoa Joe, but... Oh, Shane Douglas out here interviewing him. Mm. Well, for one, uh, people... 
would make fun of me and say that they look like anal beads. <laughs> Mostly friends, not like strangers making fun of me, but. Oh, it's Mojo not speaking. Interesting. His in-ring ability is talking for him. And there you go. Smojo advances. Is he going to fight Shelly or Shocker? I'm kind of over Shocker. Yeah, I mean, I the, way, the way that this bracket is designed, it's got to be Joe and Styles, right? Oh, yeah, it does. It's got to be. Oh, dude, Joe and Styles is going to be so freaking good. Is that Eric Watts? Oh, no, it's Sean Waltman. Yeah, Sean Waltman. He's not wearing his bandana. That's what's throwing me off. Stay the hell out of my way. He's yelling at Jerry Lynn, who is about a foot shorter than him. Yeah. Stay out of my spotlight. You wouldn't have a spotlight if it wasn't for me. Remember when you first came to Minneapolis? Jerry Lynn is taking credit for Waltman's success for their matches from 14 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Who gave you your first shot? Who fed you? Oh, he goes, you want some money, bro? Look at, Walman's pulling out his wallet. Go buy a Big Mac. Yeah, call up the big leagues. I never heard from you again. Talking about his click. Woman saying I work 300 days a year. Stay out of my business. Do not interfere in my business. What do you say? It's going to cost you your career. It would cost him dearly. Dearly. And he, Lynn's still going. You tried to hurt AJ seriously. He's got a wife and a newborn. Nope. Nope. He does not care. Oh, Lynn tried to bring in the, his kids into it. He said that's nobody's business. She's saying when he was in the hospital, almost paralyzed, no one thought about his kids. Lynn said he tried to save him from himself, and he said, save it. Oh, you feeling froggy? <laughs> what? <gasps> How about a sacrifice? Yo. I'm going to try to keep my language in check. He tried to call him a bitch. You'll go down like you always did before. Boy. Boy. Okay, so sacrifice Jerry Lynn and Sean Waltman. Jerry Lynn returning to the ring. Sign me up. Kip James coming out next. Bob, we're about one pay-per-view away from no more dubbing. Is that right? I mean, Kip James here on the bracket for the X Cup. It said Matt Bentley. I think we're we're done with dub shows. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. It has to be, yeah. 
So uh, Kip James is out here, and here comes the Alpha Male, his tag team partner. No pyro. It's amazing how, like, Monty Brown has just became, like, a low mid-card guy. It's a bummer. Like, in terms of how he's been presented. He's just in a mm-hmm. throwaway tag team with Kip James. Yeah. And it's, like, not even... Yeah, I know, like, Jared had that interaction with them on the pay-per-view or whatever, but it's not a heavy affiliation. Right. No, this is a bummer, dude. It's just, it blows my mind. <laughs> Sounds like Siaki and Apollo. Yeah, people have plummeted. Apollo and Siaki, even though they won on pay-per-view. but <laughs> That's true. That's a really good point. They're coming out to Siaki's music, by the way. Bob, would you like to take a guess about who was backstage at this TV taping? Um, I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. It's not a single person we've talked about coming in. So it is a free agent. Oh, it's a free agent. And it's just not anyone that we've mentioned in this last few uh, rumors of the releases. Mm. Oh. Uh, who could have been backstage in 2005? WCW guy? Yep. Uh, they just noted on commentary, Kip James has been served a hefty fine for putting his hands on referees. At um, main event WCW guy? No. Canyon. Yeah. Hey, Ooh, look at that. better. Yep, Chris Canyon was backstage at this TV taping, and it's a fucking shame that he's not on the TV. He taping. should, yeah, he should be. Chris Canyon is like one, and he's been free for a while now. He's someone who I just like cannot believe we have not seen in the Impact Zone. Or, or even in the, the asylum. asylum, yeah. Saki with a heel kick. BG James watching from the stage. Now, on that same note, I should have mentioned it earlier, but Shannon Moore was actually backstage at the pay-per-view at No Surrender. So he's definitely, he's getting his feet wet. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Canyon had been f- let go back in, like, what, 2003? I think it was, something like that. Like late 2003? Maybe early 2004? But regardless, I mean, he's... Sh- he should have been in here. He's he was always an entertaining character performer. I mean, he's got friends in the company too. Raven is the right. good friends with him. Yeah, best friend. And and before, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I don't get it. That's one thing I don't get. Oh, Irish whip the pounce oh, into the referee. It's the referee again. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> So Siaki crashed into Mark Johnson. Wait, another ref. Could he get pulled out? Uh, nope. He counted three and the bell did not ring. Okay. That was sloppy. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, 
what was that? Look, they're not using that ramp again. Look. They're really not. But what was that? That was very odd. The Pounds took out Slick. Oh, wait. Here comes Ron Killings and Conan going after uh, Kip James and Monty Brown. And then what, BG's just going to stay on the ramp again for the next four months? Not decide on what? How many tag team matches are we going to see between these guys? Oh, happens? Probably at least. We've already seen like two or three. Right. Well, I'm sure they're going to wrestle at Sacrifice. Sacrifice. (laughs) And then there's uh, September and October. I have an idea. So at least probably three more on pay-per-view. Oh, look at the Super X Cup trophy at the announce table. Um Killings and Monty Brown are going through the crowd now. I want to see this tag match, but BG James has to be the special referee. Oh, God. Oh, Simon Diamond yelling at David Young saying, this is unacceptable. I had him. No, you didn't. Says, <laughs> <laughs> Close doesn't count, David. It's not the wrestling ability, David. You have that. You're a physical specimen. He is at this point. Yeah. He's offering his leadership skills so that you're better prepared mentally. He's offering his guidance. I like this Simon Diamond right now. It's a lot better than... Pat Kenny. Pat Kenny was one of the worst things in that we've seen, I think. Like, it was just not good. No. And then when they did the fucking Irish weapons match, dude. Ugh. Yeah. With Vito when they were just, like, green weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. This like is a, a weird... Okay, it's... Luck of the Irish Strat match or whatever yes. it was. Oh, dude. They should have showed this video package before the last match, but they're showing it after. Uh, oh, wait, this is why. Because Larry Zabisco is not talking to all the officials. They just showed Monty Brown and Kip James beating him up last at the last pay-per-view. Oh. Rudy says it's unsafe work environment. Larry says it's always been unsafe. I need a staff that's tough out there who can take it. They go, we understand that, but. Oh, no. Wait a second. That's why. They're going to do what I just said, dude. He, he, yo, yo, let me do the damn thing. BG James, come out in. Dude, they don't want to referee the tag match. Oh, you, you could fire Slick. He's not doing the match. They're doing a tag match, a sacrifice, guys. And all the referees are walking out, so guess what they need? Dude, you're they so need right. a fucking referee. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Uh. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. They're absolutely doing that. Here comes Raven. Microphone title in hand. Today, today saying the internet reviews says no surrender was off the charts. And Raven is coming out here. You know, every time I see him with this title, it's like he should have had that two years ago. I know. It's so crazy. It's so frustrating. I like what I like most about it 
is that it's like the classic NWA title and Raven, who's like this grungy, yep. like crazy looking dude, like the style clash between the two. I just love it. Yep. He's saying that his plan at No Surrender was simple. He was going to take more punishment than Abyss. He ripped his back to shreds. Taking an even flow into thumbtacks. What if a fan just grabs him again, like in WCW? Pulls him out. I was just going to say that was like one of the funniest moments. He's cutting a promo and his old, you know, emo grunge thing. And then (laughs) a fan fucking pulls him out of the ring. And he had like 10 seconds before any security got over there. It's crazy. It was wild. I think it was on like Thunder, too. Oh, yeah, I think it might have been. Raven's talking about Jarrett and Rhino here. He's saying, once again, he's trying to steal my thunder. Jarrett, that is. Boo. Fans are mad. Boo. Raven says, he's come to the conclusion that TNA is not big enough for the two of us. And one of us is going to have to go. (laughs) What? I'll tell you right now, I can't see that happen with either one of them. No way. <laughs> He's just screaming. Raven Jarrett, Jarrett Raven, Raven Jarrett. <laughs> He's so fed up, he says. He's coming to the conclusion that Jeff Jarrett and I are going to have to end it mm-hmm. once and for all. Jeff Jarrett, you can't run from me. You can't hide from me. Because there would be no escape. Six sides of steel. No rope barbed wire. Oh! <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> oh, Jared's coming out. The funny thing is, he's facing the only way that someone could come out. You can't even sneak attack anyone now. Right. Okay, so Jared's coming out in a t-shirt and jeans. This is very unlike him. Raven, just listen to yourself. Whining, complaining, bitching, moaning, making excuses. No wonder you have no friends. <laughs> Today, he's always been a loner. You had the flock in the gathering. Everything he's done for this company, he built it from the ground up, and they want to fire me. He's really stuck on this fact that they're going to fire him. You're mad at me. You're mad at Rhino. Jarrett says, that's the difference between us. When I get mad, I get the job done. Raven, I have never liked you, and I never will. You want revenge? Well, I want my belt back. You know it, and I know it. And the entire world knows it. You're hiding behind the championship committee. <laughs> when do you think they're going to drop the championship committee, Bob? Ever? Oh, that is a good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would, you know, because that is, well, oh. Was, oh, Rhino. Dude, he's fucking shredded, dude. He came through the crowd, so. 
I guess it's a workaround. I'm going to say by the time they get to Spike, they probably get rid of it. That'd be good. That's such a dated thing. And, oh, Raven misses the goal. Rhino hits the turnbuckle. Raven with a couple uh, left-hand punches. Discus clothesline. Jarrett comes in the ring. A couple punches. And Discus oh. clothesline. No! Gore! 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 Yeah, baby. Let's go, dude. I can't wait for that match. I'm ready. I feel like I put the strap on Rhino. I think I might do. <laughs> <laughs> really Dude, he looks so good. He looks so sh- fucking shredded. Jarrett put in the figure four. Rhino's nailing Raven in the back of the head. The thing is, like, this is how you freaking build in someone as a challenger. He's beating the shit out of your champion. Yeah. Okay, so they ended that segment with uh, Jarrett with putting the figure four in Raven, and they went to commercial. But now we're back with, for more of the Super X Cup. We're going to the... <laughs> Tonight. Styles Matt Bentley? <laughs> Now, Bob, if you remember, a few months ago, uh, we tried this, this Matt Bentley thing. He went to the truck with Tracy and said, write down Matt Bentley. Don West just said, due to a legal situation, he's Matt Bentley now. He's going to his real name, he says. Yeah. Change it to the name that his mother gave him. And nobody can take that away from him. There we go. This uh, from here forward. I actually think. Let me. I'm trying to find it here. I thought I had a note about this, but um. I wasn't going to say it because I didn't know if it was on the show. But I don't find I don't see it. But they pretty much told us what the note was. I mean, it's because of the legal situation. And we've heard rumors about that. But Oh, here we go. Um, they may talk about it more as AJ Styles is coming down to the ring. But uh, basically... Uh, it's, this whole thing is based on reality. I mean, they literally told us on commentary, right? Um, and I think there there may be an interview or something, but he was served papers for using his name and blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's just going to wrestle under his name now. Um, they did this a few months ago, called him Bentley a week or two, then dropped it when TNA Legal felt that they'd have no problems. Remember, this is because of Mike and Todd Shane, who work with WWE, registered their names, and are now... Now that WWE is going to use them as something other than masked terrorists, I guess their legal department came back at them. So that is what is happening there. This must be the time where they're they're the Gemini for like Simon mm-hmm. Dean or something like that. But that thing literally lasts like a month, I think. It, it doesn't even go long. Fucking the Gemini, dude. Holy shit. I don't know what's worse, being human condoms or the Gemini. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I do have an AJ Styles note as well. 
Um, he was on the Extreme Mayhem radio show, and he was asked which recent de- re- released WWE wrestlers that he'd like to work with. And he mentioned Charlie Haas, which mm-hmm. Brian Alvarez notes is interesting, because when Charlie Haas was asked on another show, he mentioned AJ Styles. That would be a good match. So, pretty interesting. Um, I think that's pretty much all the notes I have. The only other note was that Scott Demore is still not going to be on TV because he wants to focus on booking, but we kind of already knew that. Yeah. Uh, which we haven't done any time checks either. We're 36 minutes, five seconds into the show. I've got one any note for uh, Mr. AJ Styles. On uh, that same Ring of Honor Fate of an Angel show on July 16th, AJ Styles defeated Roderick Strong in 16 minutes and 37 seconds. Fancy. Oh, nice dropkick by AJ as we go to commercial. Then we're back. And we're back. I already like this Super X Cup tournament better. We're doing our two first round matches tonight. We'll probably do two next week. And then we have two more weeks before the finals that will happen at Sacrifice. Winner of that faces Christopher Daniels. See, I think I hate tournaments when it's the whole show is the tournament. Yeah. And you see the same guy three times. Right. Now, I do like King of the Ring. Well, because they're good at booking King of the Ring. Right. Wasn't necessarily my favorite, but I could, like, tolerate it. And there was also matches that were not in the tournament. So you could, like... You know what tournament I don't like? The The Bound for Glory series. series. I absolutely fucking hate it. Yeah. Well, that, that shit would start in, like, May or June. And they'd be like, oh, hey, uh... This is for October, late October. Like what? If our main event for one of our biggest shows is not even based on a story, it's because whoever got the most fucking points during house shows and bullshit. Yeah, dude, house shows. This past weekend, Mister Anderson earned twelve points when he beat uh, Matt Morgan (laughs) in Macon, Georgia. It's like okay, dude, I hated it. It's like did that even really happen, or are we just making it up? I don't even know at this point. That's only like 2010 era, right? Anon. We don't see that before that. No, we do not see the bomb. That is a Bischoff thing. I fuck. And I don't. But that's not even 20. That's not 20. No, we. It might even be like, is it like 2012 even? 2012 might have been. Yeah. Oh, AJ grabbing Terry by the hair, pulling her or Tracy Tracy on the apron. Oh, my God. Michael Shane or sorry. uh, Matt Bentley almost hit her. Here comes Styles. Oh, Drops into the apron. I know, so did I. Oh, he snaps the arm over the top rope. I'll point out that, as noted on our last show, we have kept the black ring post and that the fence is still in the crowd. So we're really mixing up the impact zone here. Irish whip, counter. Bentley's in the corner. Styles, oh, sent right into the post because Tracy pulled him out of the way. With an injured okay. shoulder, can AJ hit the Styles Clash? Hmm. Can we be realistic? Could you imagine Michael, or sorry, uh, Matt Bentley going to fight Samoa Joe? <laughs> there's just no way. Like later in the tournament, there's just no way. I'm sorry. What do you I mean? like? It's a new name, you know, new confidence. Listen, Maybe I like, I like Bentley, Shane, whatever. I actually really like him. And I'm really sad that he's pretty much done nothing in wrestling after his TNA career. Right. 
Uh, it's really disappointing, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I kind of wish all the referees like walked out on impact and then they, for the next three weeks, they had to find different referees. I'm surprised they only have three referees. I know, isn't that weird? Andrew Thomas, Rudy Charles, and Slick Johnson. And I only say that because they love to do ref bumps. Mm. So, if all these guys got, like, knocked out, you really don't have any referees. I feel like a lot of the TNA refs are, like, the first ones where it's, like, you knew all their names. Not just, like, one or two yeah. of them. Yeah. AEW does it, too. I mean, you pretty much know all of them. And then they bring a new one in, and you're like, who the fuck is that? Bob's favorite, uh, Aubrey Edwards. <sighs> who you can play as in Fight Forever, by the way, Bob. Yeah, of course you can, but you can't play as Evil Uno. That makes sense. I don't even want to talk about that shit. That makes me so mad. Yeah, have you played as uh, Edwards yet, or no? I played as everyone because... I was trying to unlock Owen Hart, and you have to do 100 one-on-one boring-ass matches. So I said, I'm going to play as every single person twice, essentially. Oh my God. Dude, that's Wait, wait, wait. You have to do 100 matches? With, to unlock Owen Hart? Yeah. You have to do 100, one versus one. Not 1v1 lights out. Not 1v1 false count anywhere. Just a regular singles match, and no, you cannot change the rules, so you just gotta do it. <laughs> wow! And had but I did it. You did it. Okay. I've unlocked all the characters so far. Wow, a hundred. So what I would have done is done one v one, but have it be like one player versus two player, and then do a quick pin one two three. Is that what so you did? that's what people. No, I didn't. Uh, I put it on easy mode so I could just beat the shit out of them and just pin them quick, but. Okay. The the annoying thing is, I didn't know it had to be singles, just regular singles matches, till I was probably thirty in. So I was like mixing it up and like, oh, doing hardcore, doing this and that. Right. And then I found out, and then I, yeah. I've played the story mode about six times, but I put it on easy so I can just fly through it because I'm trying to unlock all the mini games. <laughs> How quick is the story mode? If you skip everything. And you fucking fly through. You get it done in two, three hours. That's it? But there's different paths. Like, there's different... I'm not, like, sick of it. Like, it's fun. But when I'm trying to unlock shit, I'm trying to unlock the shit. Right. Pele. Pele. The way uh, Bentley felt looked like he fucking got knocked out. It was like... Both men down here. Uh, Bentley's been working over the arms quite a bit on style. So, so is he going to be able to hit the style clash, or is he going to have to pull out the spiral tap? Do you think the crowd would care in WWE if Styles in 2023 pulled out the spiral tap? You think anyone would give a shit? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they would even even know. Like the relevance. Because there was for a while, oh, into the corner. AJ about to go, uh, yep, slick shot, boom, for him. Well, he has uh, said he'll never do it again. Well, because there was a time where he didn't do it for wicked long, and then it was like he hit it, and it was like, holy shit. And then, yeah, he like doesn't do it ever. 
Has he done it in WWE? No, I don't think so. I don't think he has oh, done. nice discus clothesline by Styles. Going for the cover. No, I don't think he's ever done it in WWE. Not to my knowledge. I mean, for a while, the fucking flying forearm was his finisher. They wouldn't even let right. him do the Styles Clash. So, like, that was, like, the big thing. Oh, my God, he got to do the Styles Clash. Right. The Styles Clash isn't dangerous as long as the guy doesn't tuck his head. Well, can we just remember that literally Michelle McCool stole it and has done it on That's WWE? Right. That's right. Arguably by a, dare I say, more unsafe worker than AJ Styles, of all mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Not saying she was bad, but, I mean, come on. Compared to AJ Styles... Are we going to be real here? Right. Bentley off the rope. Kick Styles in the face. Off the rope again. Styles pop up. Oh, we went for the hurricane round, but uh, Bentley caught it in a powerbomb. Kicks out at two. This has been a good main event. Yeah, it has. Tracy grabs the referee to distract him, which means Michael Shane is going. Or, I'll get used to it, guys. Matt, Matt Bentley. Bentley. What is this? AMW. AMW. Super. <gasps> oh, the revenge super kick, dude. Tracy's what is, shoe. Oh, it's Tracy's shoe. shoe. Okay. One, two. And that will do it. AJ Styles gets the three. He's moving on to the tournament. That's a little revenge from No Surrender. Nice. I like that. Are we going to get another match between those two teams, do you think? I could see it happening. So Harris, like, distracted Tracy and the ref, and James Storm slid in and did it. And he had the cowboy boots on there pointing out. So it wasn't a nice super kick. Okay, so AJ is either going to be facing Petey Williams or Chris Saban. Both sound great to me. And Samoa Joe will either face Alex Shelley or Shocker. My vote is Alex Shelley. That's what I would have to think, yeah. All right. We'll go for there. That was good. That was a good, I that was, that was a good show. Oh, that was a really good one, actually. I really, I did really enjoy that. We got a little bit of a taste of what we're going to see at Sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, we saw some, I'd say, overall good matches. Um, even, like, the little b- couple BS ones we had in there, at least they served more of a purpose. Like, Abyss did the little squash in the beginning to send a message. And then the uh, Kip and Monty Brown thing, they're pushing that referee storyline. Um, but the two Super X Cup tournaments so far... Solid. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was uh that was that was good. I mean we got like the Raven Rhino Jarrett thing. I really it's gotta be Raven and Rhino. If they know it's good for him. Now what gets me worried is how heavily involved Jeff Jarrett is though. Yeah. But, How do they put Jared into that and just have Rhino fight Raven right now? That's are, the part that makes me worried. Right. And then are they going to go, because it would be three three pay-per-views without Jared wrestling. Yeah, there's no way. Dude. There's no Special way. Special referee. No. no. Um, They're already going to be, like like you predicted, it's no, already going to be future games. That tag match. I know. Um, well, that's the thing. I don't see Jared not wrestling twice like that. I just don't think there's that's going to happen. Right. So who I don't know where he... How does he fit into this right now? I don't know. That's the part that makes me kind of worried. I don't know. I mean, Raven said one of them's got to go, too. I don't know. It's putting us in a very interesting and weird place. 
Um, so, I mean, it's definitely piquing my interest of, like, well, which way are we taking this? Right. But I guess we'll find out soon enough, right? Hopefully. Yeah, we're going to have to. That's right. And luckily, as this podcast continues, we will find out. And maybe we'll find out next week. But there's only one way to do that. And that is if we wrap up this episode and continue. Yep. So until next week, for Dallas Ridley, I'm Bob Collins Jr. And this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast.